We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. My childhood was very, very difficult. Um, my dad was abusive and um, I, at, at 10 years old, the best I can describe it was, I was painfully shy. Do not speak unless spoken to was the message that I had for many years. So at 10 years old, I, I was in a really dark place. I did not want to live. I hated everything and everyone, but you wouldn't know that because I was very, very quiet. And on the outside appeared like, you know, I was very obedient. I always followed the rules. I always did well in school, you know, but on the inside, it was not a happy place. And so I started going to therapy when my parents were getting divorced. And I don't know who this therapist was. I don't know her name. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know if she's still living. I have no way. I don't even remember how old she would have been at the time. I can't picture her face, but I still remember how she made me feel. And I think it was the first time that I felt like this stranger, a therapist, she loved me. She truly cared for me. And you know, so when people started asking like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, I would say I wanted to be a therapist not really knowing what that meant, but just knowing that like this person had been so influential to me that I wanted to make people feel how she made me feel. I first met her in 2012, back in the days when I began wandering the streets to interview strangers. A decade now passed and us separated by our individual lives and geography, she now living in Seattle and myself in Los Angeles. Her caring example has never left my heart. Yet until this reconnect, I never knew of the childhood trauma she has overcome. And in her transparency, she so apparently proves of a gift we each have right to extend and the worthiness to receive. A tender and powerful mercy that handed to her by an unnamed therapist has not only blossomed into the seeds of who she is, but has the potential to bloom within the core of each of us. She asks a profound question. How do you relate? to the person that's in front of you. And if you're alone, how do you relate to yourself in moments of quiet? Um, that there's this like presence with or without people, that if you can stay with that, that is the practice of mindfulness. And um, because it's like a buzzword, it loses a lot of its meaning. And I think people entirely forget like the point you know, it's, it's pop culture now to like practice mindfulness um, or to practice spirituality even in some ways has become popular. And the moment you try to define it, it's like, it's gone. You know, the moment you try to like understand it and break it down and like, and commoditize it, like sell it online, right? Like it's not, it's not pure anymore. It's, I don't know, it's just another thing that everybody does because they say it's good for you, you know? And, I, and it may be good for you, but it, maybe it's not. From the Oxford Dictionary, mindfulness, noun, 
a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. Used as a therapeutic technique, the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. That's a hard pill to swallow, a prescription that in my mind and being the flawed mortal that I am is one that leaves me vulnerable to great failure. So I reached to her. What about those times that I lose it? The moments I react, dismiss my calmness, and as embarrassing as it is to admit, revert to my more selfish postures, or simply to just start that argument. We all do that at times. I do. All the time. I, I dump my stuff on people all the time. Sometimes I know that I do it. Sometimes I don't know that I do it. But like, because we're all imperfect, no amount of practicing mindfulness makes me perfect. Right? So mindfulness gives me a tool that I can use to be better at doing that less, right? And like really increasing my awareness of my shortcomings and my imperfections and working with those in a more useful way. But it certainly doesn't mean that I don't have slip-ups. We all do. She gives us permission to, in her words, have slip-ups. Her counsel releasing us to nurture both our strengths and imperfections. In her view of mindfulness, she suggests a more practical application than Oxford has to offer. And per that childhood goal of helping others as she was helped, well, she has emerged in dedicating her life to doing just that. I see our broken healthcare system every day, obviously. Insurance, I mean, it's criminal what they do. And for folks who cannot pay out of pocket, they must use their insurance or have some financial assistance to seek treatment. I think that it is really devastating. Many, many people are seeking support because we're in this difficult time and a lot of people feel like there is none. And while that is true and it's definitely a problem like with the healthcare system as a whole, there are also so many resources out there that are completely accessible and free. Maybe have to know where to look or who to ask, but there's a ton of stuff out there. There's free things all over YouTube. There's you know social media and all the different platforms that people use now. It might not be exactly what you imagined or hoped for. There's stuff out there. So I guess maybe I wanna just like encourage people to advocate their needs and find even creative ways like think outside of the box maybe for how to meet those needs. There's so many offerings. It's been years since we first spoke and in meeting her for a second time, I realize how deep her compassion and credentials are. So I ask, what can a person do if they feel they are of no value to others or more painfully, even of any worth to themselves? She answers with a question. Is there some part that you can connect to that wishes to be loved? or wishes to love. Maybe you can't do it right now, but can you connect with some part that has a wish for it? And just stay with that. Stay with the wish. We all have that wish. Every human being desires to be loved and to have love in their life, whether they admit it out loud or not. And so I think that question is an invitation to just connect with that. And we can't change it. Like I can't, even as a therapist, I can't change how my client feels about something or 
what they're going to do with it or not do with it. But I can try to get them to connect back to the hope or the wish. Yes, 10 years ago, I met stranger of the past and friend of the present, Desmarie Archer, at a funky little neighborhood coffee house. And now, even though we still hardly know each other, she again allows me into her heart. And in that, she closes an offering a direct challenge to us all. Loving more, or being more compassionate. And I think what that requires specifically in compassion is that we can have empathy, at least consider what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes. And that's why I think these stories are so important because usually there is like a really good reason for why people do things. It's just they don't, they didn't tell us or we don't know. And if we go back and we have these stories and we are like relationally talk about experiences and events in our life, then we get a better understanding. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't ever thought about it that way, you know? Usually is the, what comes out of it. And whether or not we have those stories, we also have the opportunity to just even like reflect and thoughtfully like think about where, where might this person have been in their life that this would be where they are now or this is the end result or this, this situation happened. And that just brings more understanding, I think, to the world. Special thanks to today's guest, Desriel Arceri. If you'd like to find out more about her, you can go to her website, and it's going to be easier for me to just spell it for you. It's www.dezryelleallarciere.com. And as always, if you want to be a guest on Sidewalk Ghosts, check out my website, sidewalkghosts.com. And there, if you go to the podcast page and go to the bottom of it, you'll see a form that you can fill out and send me some information or just feel free to reach out by an email. Also, Patreon's still growing. So far, we have one patron, which is awesome. A shout out to my friend, Martin Onken. And if you'd like to come forward and help us out, check it out. There's some fun gifts and some fun items and some fun ways we can get together and interact a little bit there. So check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash sidewalk ghosts. And please never forget your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world.